Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Melola Charles. Melola, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to have you here on the show. You have a new book out. It's wonderful. It's in stores. It's called Me Versus Me, The Struggle to Be Your Better Self. Can you tell me about it? So Me Versus Me, The Struggle to Be Your Better Self was actually inspired by my personal experiences. I am a mentor and I had a bunch of mentees who struggled in their Christian walk. And what I realized is I basically found myself in their stories because as a young person, as a young teenager, I also went through certain struggles like masturbation, pornography, lust, fear, rejection. And I realized that there were just places and things that I just could not connect with in people. And so when I was talking to them, I wanted to create a platform for these things to be talked about, especially for younger people, the younger generation, even adults as myself. So that's what inspired me to write the book. Wow. Couldn't have been an easy story to tell. Can you think back to that moment when you decided, hey, I want to write my story. I want to tell the world about this. Yeah. Well, for as long as I can remember, I always knew I wanted to write about something, but I didn't know what I wanted to write about. Mm. And it just so happened that just through my experiences, I knew I had a voice, but I didn't know how to go about expressing myself, which is why I wanted to be a writer. The first time I actually decided that I want to talk about these struggles, I was extremely nervous because, like I said, these are things that aren't really discussed, especially in the Christian community. But I knew that my struggles and everything that I had gone through is something that God allowed me to go through to minister to other people and to bless another person. Mm. And so I just kind of had to get out that mindset and get out the fear, I guess, that I had and just put it out there. And it's here now. (laughs) Wow, how wonderful. Thank you. Have you ever done this before, written or published? No, this will actually be my first time. (laughs) This is my first published work. I mean, I've written just stuff like in school, in college and things of that nature. But this is like my first actual published work yet. Congratulations on that. That's a huge deal. Did this take you a long time then? Thank you. I think it took me, I would say it took me about two to five years. Like I said, it's it was something that I had been debating about and just really toying with the idea of, do I really want to express myself? Do I really want people to be let in into my personal business? Because I am a private person and the book is so very personal into my struggles. And I had to really fight the idea of, do I want to let people in? And it was tough, but I'm glad, you know, God helped me overcome that part of, I guess, my thought process. And I was able to just go ahead and do it. And we are here now. I can't imagine what you were feeling whenever you got that first copy and you got to hold it in your hands. What was that moment like for you? Honestly, I'm still in awe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still 
I mean, it's because, you know, when you put a lot of effort and a lot of time into a project, me versus me, the struggle to be a better set of the book, is like a baby to me because I know how hard I worked. I know the time, the effort, the energy, the mental space that you have to be in even to write any book in particular. So I think I'm still in shock. You know, sometimes my might have my family and my friends call me to tell me how proud they are of me. And I'm still in disbelief, honestly, but I'm thankful <laughs> that it's finally here. Yeah. Mm. Lola, I certainly admire the courage that it took you to write your story, all these hard things that you went through, but you're reaching out, you're looking to inspire and help others. And I encourage my listeners to definitely check this book out. The title is Me Versus Me, The Struggle to Be Your Better Self. This is written by Malola Charles, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, of course, that you pick up your books like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Malola, it's been great having you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I love the name of this next book. It's called Humility Comes Before Honor. It's written by Guy Morinville, and I'm really happy that he's come by the show here tonight to talk all about it. Guy, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege. It's great to have you here on the show. Can you tell me what readers can expect in Humility Comes Before Honor? Well, the book is a devotional. Mm. It is a daily religious practice written in two parts. The first part is faith and courage, and the second part is virtue. It can transform lives. It has lessons on uh, humility, how to you humble yourself, and it can really transform lives. Mm. How did you get the idea, or what inspired you to write this book and publish it? I um, put together topics for presentations over the years. My sister watched one of the presentations, and that was on Zoom two years ago. And she said, well, all these presentations you need to share with the outside world. They were religious presentations, various topics in the Bible. And I did that based on her encouragement and the feedback that I've received from participants from the, from the congregation. As far as the title of the book, it's one of the topics, one of the chapters in, in the book that was inspired by um, someone from my church, a friend who sent me as a custom every morning, sent me a text from the Bible, and I like it. So I say, well, you know, this is perfect because it was doing at the start of the pandemic. You know, we need to humble ourselves. I remember Donald Trump when, in January of 2020, and when he said that he built the greatest economy in the history of the United States, unemployment is on all-time low, and then, then the pandemic hit. And then what happened is the stock market went down, unemployment went high, and people start to lose their jobs. So I said to myself, you know, when you are proud, pride and arrogance can lead to destruction. Because of the pandemic, everybody learned to humble themselves. So I say this is a perfect opportunity, perfect time to write something on this subject, humility. Absolutely. I agree that this is great timing because it seems that humility is something that's becoming rarer and rarer in our society. Definitely, definitely. We, we, we have become much too proud, much too proud, and, and, and in some instance, arrogant. Mm. And that, that can lead to ruin, you know what I mean? That can lead to ruin. We need to humble ourselves, you know, not only before God, but before men as well. And that can lead to honor. Because if you look at the um, first responders during the pandemic, you know, whether they were, they were doctors or nurses, you know what I mean? They brought themselves down on their knees to help others, to accommodate others for the common good of others. So they humbled themselves. So they demonstrated humility. 
And it didn't matter who they were helping. It didn't matter what class or what rank, what status they were helping everybody. And they humbled themselves for the common good. And it took them a long way, and they were honored as a result. Guy was writing Humility Comes Before Honor and publishing it, something that took a long time, or did this happen fairly quickly for you? Well, it took a while because the book has 20 topics, 20 chapters, Mm -hmm. and those were written over seven years. And when you include the reviewing and the editing process, so it's like eight and a half years, but that chapter, Humility, Come Before Honor, it took me about three months to write. That was in, in, in the spring of 2020. Guy, is this the first time you've written or been published? No, this is the first published book, and I hope it's not the last. I've already some materials and topics that I'm going through for potential second book, but it's a long process. It's a slow process, so I'm trying to finish with this first, and hopefully by by the summer I can start continue on the second one. Being your first published book, I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. What advice do you have now for the authors listening right now who are just starting out and looking to do the same thing? Well, I would advise them to be encouraged, be motivated, and especially be humble because no one knows everything. You know, we can't pretend that we know more than others. We have to be humble. It's in, in our humility that we learn that we are open to others' ideas and thoughts. So we have to be humble. And I would advise them to start the process, start the process, begin the process, and pray for guidance. And I would advise them not to be intimidated by the required long hours because, you know, it takes a long time. The book is titled Humility Comes Before Honor. It's written by Guy Morinville and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this everywhere that you get reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. It's been wonderful having you on the show, Guy. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you for the opportunity and privilege. Have a blessed day. A Kinsman Redeemer Love Story. It's the new book, It's Out in Stores Now, written by Sheila Johnston and Gerald Johnston, and I'm really happy that Sheila's right here with me now. Sheila, thank you for stopping by the show. Thank you very much for having me today. It's great to be speaking with you. Can you tell me about what readers can expect in A Kinsman Redeemer Love Story? Well, they can expect two individuals who went through a terrible time in their life and who had hit like their lowest point and wondered if they would ever truly have a good life again. And suddenly, God miraculously moves in and brings these two together and creates a beautiful love story. Sheila, where did the idea for the story come from? It is a true story about our lives and how God, one of us had been deserted in the marriage and just felt like he was in a pit of darkness. And I, I lost my husband, a lifetime partner, and just felt like there could be no other life for me. And God brought us together to do a labor, Gerald and I, a labor on a hundred-year-old church. But what God ended up doing was bringing us together and showing us that even in situations like this, there is still life to be lived. What a story. So what persuaded (laughs) you to sit down and write the story and then have it published for the world? Well, see, my father-in-law, he watched as we were working on the church, and he and his wife were working with us. And he watched how God was just miraculously moving 
I mean, performing miracles where people were donating money or materials to restore this beautiful old church, Mm. but also how God was doing miracles with me and Gerald. And he just felt so impressed of the Spirit of the Lord that, Sheila, you need to write this. It needs to be a book because we just begin to feel there's got to be others out there who feel like they've come to the end of their rope and they feel there's nowhere to turn, nowhere to go forward. But yet this book, we hope, encourages those type of people to realize, yes, God still does miracles in this day and time. How long did it take you to write this and then put it through the publishing process? Well over a year, absolutely. Mm. It was truly a labor. I'm sure it was. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing or publishing? I have never. I have never. And I must give the honor to the Spirit of the Lord that directed every step. Everything that they will read, it is absolutely the truth. And it has been written from my heart. It's not been taken from any other book. Then when that day finally came, you got the first copy in and you got to hold it in your hands for that first time. Sheila, what was that moment like for you? It was like a day of rejoicing, (laughs) giving thanks to God and absolutely so excited that all the labor and the prayer that had went into writing this book We were finally holding the end product in our hands. It was truly a moment to really give thanks to God. Mm. This was your first book, like you said, and I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. So what advice do you have now for the aspiring authors who are listening? Well, I say this to them. If there is a story that is laying heavy on your heart, and you really feel within yourself that it must be told, it must be written, then don't let anything stand in your way and pursue that dream with everything that you can possibly pursue it with. Mm -hmm. Well, Sheila, thank you for telling your story to reach out and inspire others. The name of the book is A Kinsman Redeemer Love Story. It's written by Sheila Johnston and Gerald Johnston and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Sheila, thank you so much again for joining me on the show here tonight. I had a wonderful time talking with you. Thank you so much, and I enjoyed it very much. Sitting right next to me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Jeffrey Higgs. Jeffrey, thanks for being here with me tonight. Oh, thanks a million. I, no, I appreciate the opportunity. That's great to have you here. I want to congratulate you on having a new book out in stores now. The title is Tick. So what's this all about? Okay, well, you know, Tick, my youngest son would say that Tick is a, you know, it's a captivating modern-day Western thriller action adventure murder mystery love story. It's, it's wow. really crosses a large number of genres. But more than that, it's a confrontation between good and evil, between totally corrupt monsters and and some truly exceptional people. The story, it's a story really about a battle for a child's soul. Hmm. And it's between a loving mother and a monster. And 
And the way the story starts is that this mine owner, Brad Hughes, is up on a hike on the UNS and he finds this girl trapped on a, a ledge and she's been absolutely brutalized. And when he goes to rescue her, the first thing she does, you know, just reacting because for fear of her life, she tries to kill him. But then during the course of the rescue, over a three-day rescue, he bonds with this girl. They form an incredible bond. Mm -hmm. And during the rescue himself, he makes a promise to God that, you know, he'll take care of the girl. He's going to see her to safety regardless. So he gets her down off the mountain. And then he realizes that his problems are just getting started. This girl bonds with him to the extent that she won't relate her work with other people and becomes really violent if other people try to impose their will on her. So he's stuck in the hospital with this girl, and she turns out to be, you know, a brilliant, manipulative, pint-sized warrior hmm. who turns her, his life and everybody else's lives around her upside down. Jeffrey, you got to tell me where you got the idea for this. It's funny. I was I used to travel a, a lot. I would fly down to uh, Chile and Peru on visiting and working on various mining operations. On one of the flights down, I would I would read. I was I've always been a, a real reader. I grew up in Peru in a very isolated mining camp. So I read just all the time for entertainment. And I would read on the airplane, and I read this particularly poor book. And I thought, okay, I can, I can do better than that. All right, that was, I had a big comeuppance on it. You know, it was odd because that I was at this mine site and I got quite ill and I flew back to Lima and usually it's a midnight flight. I had to scrub that flight. So I had a full day in, in Lima. So I was just walking up and down this long pathway overlooking the ocean for a full day and, and the, the basic plot for tick came into my head. And then I just started writing. When I was on the airplane, I'd write. And nine years later, I have a book. Jeffrey, what kind of readers did you have in mind for this? I really didn't have a particular target reader, you know, in audience in mind when I wrote the book. Hmm. The story came into my head and I wrote the book. I know that Christians and a number of them have read the book really enjoy it because Tick is, isn't afraid to take on worldviews. She's completely her own person hmm. and she's prepared to live for and die for God. Her favorite verses from Psalms, and it's the one said that says, God is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So her mother was kidnapped because she was a fabulous cook. And this guy decides that, you know, he just needs a cook. And she was taken along for the ride. You know, so he uses her to keep the mother in line. But then he realizes that he has a far greater prize in this girl, that she's unbelievably bright and she's extremely athletic. So he decides he's going to turn her into his own acolyte and turn her into an assassin. So from the age five to 12, she's just trained daily in combat techniques and she loves every second of it. You know, she loves this guy's attention. And then the big rebellion comes and her mother's killed and she escapes and she's out on the world, you know, by herself. And then off into the world she goes. The book is called Tick. It's written by Jeffrey Higgs and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Jeffrey, it's been great having you on the show. I hope you can come back someday. Thanks again for being here. Thanks again for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about the story. I'm happy to be joined by author Diana Monique Soriano here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Diana, thanks for coming by the show tonight. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
It's wonderful you have a new book. It's out in stores right now called In Loving Memory, A Story of Love, Loss, and Living On. So what can readers expect with this? Yes, sir. It's basically my story, my personal testimony of what I experienced in uh, the military as a female, and then also my experience in deployment and the events that took place after my fiance was killed in action out on our deployment. I talked about the grief process, my healing journey, and, you know, just trying to give inspiration to others who have experienced loss like I have. Wow, this couldn't have been an easy thing for you to write. What inspired you to write this and tell it to the world? Honestly, sir, I was struggling. I'm a veteran as well, and I was struggling with PTSD and a lot of mental issues, and it was part of my healing journey. One of the therapists that I was seeing who I continue to see because she's been the one who has been the most effective for me. She recommended EMDR, which is a type of therapy, and also writing, which is a form of therapy. And I didn't Mm. know that. And it was powerful to me to be able to take the thoughts and things that were haunting me in that moment and put it onto a piece of paper and be able to hold it. It was something like concrete, something I got to take from my mind onto something that I can hold and see. After reviewing everything that I was writing about, it was just a bunch of memories jobbled together and things that were hurting me and bothering me. When I pieced it all together, she was like, you should tell your story. People need to hear this. So put it out there. And I decided to go ahead and publish. How long did this whole thing take you, including writing it and then putting it through all the publishing process? (laughs) It's been two years. The writing itself only took me two months. And I was struggling through that because there was a lot of times where I had to stop because I was crying hysterically because these were memories and things that I didn't tap into for many years. My uh, fiance was actually killed in action back in 2010 and it kind of popped off. Oh, thank you. It popped off during COVID because, you know, everybody was working from home and and I was forced to be alone and and it was really rough. So Mm. it took about two months to write. But since then, There was a lot to the process, and then with COVID, a lot of things were delayed, so it took about two years. Mm. Yeah, publishing is certainly a lot of work, and I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. So what advice would you have now for the authors listening who are just starting out? I would say do your research. There are plenty of avenues and ways to go about publishing a book, which I wasn't really aware of before. There's ways to do it cheaper if you can't always afford it because it can be very expensive and I want to be honest about that. If you need some help along the way, there's other people who can help you or there's publishers like I did who can help you along the way with each step. Mm. Then Diana, when that day came and the first copy came in the mail, you got to hold it in your hands. What was that moment like for you? Oh man, it was crazy and it was a little unbelievable. I kind of cried though. (laughs) I was so excited. I was very proud of it and I had outsourced my cover and it's a picture of me saluting and there's a picture of a memorial stand with my uh, fiance's picture on it. It's just so beautiful. I love it. Have you given any thought to maybe writing another book and publishing more? Yes, sir, I have. I touched a little bit on my childhood, but I haven't really fully like dived into it in that book because that book was specifically about his loss and healing through that. But there is another book that I plan to write about my childhood how I overcame uh, that adversary. Mm -hmm. And Diana, looking back over it all now, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author? So far, the most rewarding aspect has been getting to connect with people and 
being able to resonate with them and their stories mm-hmm. or vice versa. And actually knowing that I'm helping someone or inspiring them to keep pushing forward for one more day. I encourage my listeners to check this book out. It's called In Loving Memory, A Story of Love, Loss, and Living On. It's written by Diana Monique Soriano and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere that you get books like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Diana, thank you again for coming on the show here tonight and chatting with me. I had a really nice time. Sure, no problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If you're like me, you always strive for more balance in your life. Perfect balance. Well, that's the name of the book that we'll be talking about here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, Perfect Balance. It's written by David Moore, and David is right here with me now to talk all about it. David, thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, I'm glad to join you. Can you tell me what readers can expect in your book, Perfect Balance? Well, it's the health and spiritual connection of mind, body, and soul, that journey we all have, and hopefully striving for better health. Hmm. What sorts of readers did you have in mind whenever you were writing this? Well, probably the age 30 plus. (laughs) When we're younger than that, we all believe we're invincible (laughs) and probably not open to health tips, uh, at least not near as much as when you're older. So I think as we get older, we have two choices. We can either adjust and stay healthy or not. So David, what lit the spark for this book? What gave you the idea or inspired you to sit down and write this? Well, I'm one of 11, and one of my brothers is actually more of a health enthusiast than I am, and he's always been talking about health. And the more I listen to him, the more I realize that it's very important for us to adjust as we get older to try to stay healthy and not eat the food we ate before. So I thought it might be a good idea to read more about that. So really, for about the past 30 years, I've been reading a lot of health books, and it just all came together that maybe that'd be a nice way to put it all together would be to write a book. Hmm. Now, when you're writing this and then getting it published, was that something that happened fairly quickly? Well, yes and no. The beginning part, yes. (laughs) I finally realized that with our current technology, for instance, 20 years ago when I thought about, well, don't want to write anything, I was writing with a pen and paper (laughs) (laughs) to compile my notes. Hmm. Then as the technology improved, I finally realized, gee, When uh, actually COVID hit in the summer of 2020, I realized I have my iPhone. I can just dictate an email to myself. And when I get to the office, copy it in and I'm done except for proofing. So I actually Hmm. dictated the manuscript in the three months of the summer of 2020. Wow. So it seemed to go quickly in in the dictation part. But then I wanted to get some endorsements from, and we're talking about health and spiritual, so I wanted doctors and pastors, and ironically, end up getting six of each. And to get those 12 endorsements, it took another three months, as long as it did, to, <laughs> to dictate the manuscript. And then, of course, the publisher, I think I found one of the best that exists, and, and they said, and they were completely right on target, they said, it takes about a year. And sure enough, it was right at a year to get it published. David, a lot of people listening right now are authors just starting out. So I'm sure you learned a lot along the way being your first time published. What advice could you give to these aspiring authors? Well, gee, if you have something that's unique and it's going to help people, I say write a book. (laughs) 
it's almost like teaching. I, you know, I teach kids in Sunday school, and I feel like I learn more than they do and all the preparation we do in order to teach them. So it's kind of interesting. If you want to learn a lot, teach. And if you want to know more, write a book. <laughs> mm. David, the great thing about writing is you look to be helping other people, but the process, the writing process, is so rewarding in itself for the writer, for the author themselves. What's the most rewarding aspect of writing for you? Oh, gee. For me, it's the joy. I have already, I mean, this just came out within the last month, and I've already received so much feedback from family, friends, and even strangers who have purchased the book, saying that they've been helped just changing their diet, and they feel so much better. And Some are coming off prescriptions, which, of course, I had in my book from prior research, and some even coming off all prescriptions when they were on many. Wow. So it's that's a rewarding part for me is I love helping people and hearing that those testimonials come back in so quickly, you know, gives you a joy in your life, uh, some satisfaction. Mm. Well, if you're looking for the perfect balance in your life, then you're going to want to check this book out. Of course, it's called Perfect Balance. It's written by David Moore and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere that you shop for reading material like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes and traditional brick and mortar stores. David, thanks again for joining me here tonight. I had a nice time learning about Perfect Balance and just a great time chatting with you. Corey, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Nikita Buchanan. Nikita, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thank you, Corey. It's wonderful. You got a new book. It's out in stores right now. The title is A Letter to Myself, Therapy Done My Way, God Said, Not Ours. So can you tell me about this? It's about following direction, unclogging and shedding some weight, if you will, to be able to walk a proper path and being able to hear clearly in which the direction that you should be following. Hmm. What sorts of readers were you thinking about whenever you were writing this? Actually, I didn't really think about who my demographic would be for the readers itself. I just started writing. I didn't know where to begin. I just was getting things out of the system down on email to just kind of shed the weight, if you will. Mm. And before I knew it, as I went to proofread it, I looked and I said, this is more of a book to show that you actually have a direction with God. So that's kind of direction it went in on its own. Hmm. Nikita, can you go back to the time when you got the idea or the inspiration to write this book and tell your story to the world? <laughs> I would have to be honest and say this has been three years, maybe a little more. I had like three other people within my lifetime say I should write a book. And then I started dibbling and dabbling just a little bit. And I said, mm, this isn't for me. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't want my business out there. I'm a private person. And then one day, just out of the clear blue, I just got this inclination that was telling me, you need to write this book. You need to just go ahead and get it out your system. And I just started writing it. When you started writing it then, did it sort of flow and was an easy thing from there? Or did you hit some speed bumps, maybe writer's block and things like that? I wouldn't say writer's block. I would say that I actually had things in life that was happening that caused me to stop mm -hmm. at that particular time when I started. So it's like starting an email and then you say, oh, shoot, something else is going on. So mm. now you have to stop writing and then you have to go and attend to that, that kind of thing. Mm. 
And when that day finally came and you got the first copy and got to hold it in your hands and you were looking at it, what was that moment like for you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> floored. I'm still floored on it. It's, it's like so surreal. Like, is this for real? Like, is this, did this really happen? <laughs> looking ahead, have you given thought to maybe writing another book in the future and publishing more? Yes. At this particular moment, yes. Hmm. There is, I, I could say, like a part two, if you will. Wonderful. And before this, do you have a history of writing? Have you ever written? Have you ever published? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a writer. I, you know, I don't know the first thing about writing. Mm. You know, I can maybe text you something, <laughs> <laughs> write a letter, but, you know, to write a book and to actually have the word author, you know, above or behind your name is, is an invention that I would have never thought that would ever happen to me. Mm. Do you have advice now for other authors out there who are just getting started? They're where you were back before you started publishing? I would say just go with what's in your gut. Mm. Go with what you have at that particular time. If you don't know where to start, I didn't. I just started writing. Just go with what you feel is best with you and where you are and in how you got to where you are at this particular time in your life. So depending on how far you're trying to go back, are you trying to make a novel? Are you trying to make two or three books? Whatever the case may be, if it's just one book, just start with where you are, think back, and then just keep going from there. Hmm. Good advice. Nikita, obviously God is a huge inspirational force in your life. Are there people in your life that you would say are also inspirational or motivational to you? Oh, my goodness. Yes. I would actually have to say Bishop T.D. Jakes. Billy Osbrooks. There's a group that's actually called the Batch and Dragons that there's quite a few songs that helped me lead the way to where I needed to go. Mm. There's many, many more, but I don't know how much time we actually have. <laughs> <laughs> Nikita, I certainly admire the courage that it took for you to tell your story to the world and your care for others. You're looking to reach out and inspire and help. The name of the book is A Letter to Myself, Therapy Done My Way, God Said, Not Ours. It's written by Nikita Buchanan, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get this everywhere that you shop for books like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Nikita, it was great having you on the show here tonight. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate your time. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is Chuck Woody, Chuck A.K. Chuck, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Thank you, Corey. It's my pleasure. Well, it's wonderful you have a new book out right now. It's titled, From Revelation to Revolution, iClouds of Witnesses for Developing and Driving Your Mind to Career and Business Success. Chuck, can you tell me what readers can expect? Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be with you. I'll give God the glory for this book. This book is on entrepreneurship. It's written with a mindset of faith, but also considering reason and science as part of that mindset of faith. So it's about how one gets a vision, an idea, or an information, then runs with that same idea or vision to develop a product. So that vision, dream, or idea is what I refer to as revelation. And then the product that comes out of your working towards uh, that revelation and getting results is what I call revolution. You know, so the book in itself is a revolutionary product. 
because by this time last year, I never had it. Mm. You know, so I moved from the point of having a vision, a revelation actually from God to now having a product. So the process of working out this revolutionary product is what we have in that book. And I decided not to only share my own successful life experiences, but also share the life experiences of great men in different industries, including Oprah Winfrey, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, also CNN, you know, Turner, the guy who found CNN, and many others. So I was like using each chapter mentioning the names of these successful business icons as my case study to prove the God-given principles that you have to put into practice in order to become successful in your career or business. Chuck, what kinds of readers were you looking to reach with this? From Christian faith readers to all entrepreneurs, emerging entrepreneurs, veteran entrepreneurs, people from all walks of life, both young and old, those who want to move beyond the point of dreaming to actually actualizing or realizing their dreams. So it's for everyone who wants to move from point A to point B in pursuit of their career and business achievements. Chuck, have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever written a book or have you ever been published before this? Yeah, I've written two books before this, published in Nigeria. Hmm. Uh, But they were more of uh, biographies of some leaders in Nigeria. So they were all works in biography, but this is my first mainstream book on entrepreneurship. I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way of publishing. So what advice would you offer now to authors who are just starting out? It's all about creativity, ingenuity, and then being yourself. Mm. Commitment to your cause. Just get a vision and stick to the vision. Nothing good comes easy. Give up your time, your talent, and your treasure to achieve goals in life. And once you get committed, you have a vision, you pursue it, depending on God like I did, definitely your vision in writing will come true. Chuck, it's obvious you're passionate about writing. What is the most rewarding aspect of being an author for you? The most rewarding aspect of being an author is that my works will outlive me. I'm looking at this work in the next 200 years. It's going to be a point of reference to many who want to gain from the information in the book. Also, being able to build lives, being an inspiration to people as they read this book. And I've been getting a lot of commendations from all walks of life. You know, so it's a joyful thing that you see yourself making a difference in the life of other people. So being able to impact others with our knowledge and experiences in life. And then having a work that will outlive you, that always gives me great joy. Hmm. I encourage my listeners to check this book out. It's titled... From Revelation to Revolution, iClouds of Witnesses for Developing and Driving Your Mind to Career and Business Success. This is written by Chuck Woody, Chuck A.K., and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere, Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Chuck, I appreciate you stopping by the show. I had a really nice time chatting with you. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate this moment with you together. This next book I'm looking at says that our lives don't always turn out the way we anticipated. I know that sure is true. It's called When God Interrupts Your Plans with His Purpose. It's written by Dr. Sally Smale, and I'm really happy to have Sally right here now to talk all about it. Sally, welcome to the show, and thanks for being here. 
Well, thank you for having me. I'm blessed and honored to be here. It's great to have you. Congratulations on having this book in stores right now. Can you tell me what readers can expect with it? Well, you know, just like you said in the introduction, we all get to a point in our life at some time or another, it can be as early as high school graduation, or it can be in our later years in life where we kind of assess where we are in our life and, you know, how we feel about that through my experience and really the burden that I have to share with others about what I've learned in the process. I help address some of those things. And naturally, from a Christian perspective, I see how God tends to interrupt what we had plans to do Mm. in order that we can make room for his purpose in our life. Mm. Can you go back and think about the moment that you decided, I need to write this, I need to publish this and tell this to the world? Absolutely. Well, to be honest with you, This has been stirring in me for many years. You know, I was the product of adulterous relationship. And because of that, in kind of a joking way, but how, you know, we all know that jokes, you know, with the foundation of truth can be a little painful or a lot painful. And so I grew up my whole life being told that I was a mistake and mistakes don't have a purpose. They have no reason for being. And because of that, without going into a lot of detail, my life, even into adulthood, was just racked with abuse and betrayal, abandonment, disappointment. To the point where, honestly, I am the survivor of three suicide attempts. And it wasn't until I stepped into relationship with Jesus Christ Mm. as an adult woman, a young mother of two little boys already that was on the verge of divorce. I had already called an attorney that I met some people that loved me enough and were bold enough to tell me about this relationship with Jesus that changed their lives. And it wasn't until I stepped into that relationship that I finally, for the first time in my life, understood that I wasn't a mistake, Mm. that God knew me all along, And he had a specific purpose for my life. So ever since that time, we are talking, it's going to be 43 years Mm -hmm. that I've been in that relationship with God that, you know, I have learned and I've watched people of all ages struggle. You know, that that old song from my generation, what's it all about, Alfie? (laughs) You know, struggling to see what, what, you know, what is this all about? What am I doing? Why am I not, even though I'm in the career I chose, even though I've been working diligently, why am I not fulfilled? Why isn't this everything it was supposed to be? 
It's just my hope and every word was written, bathed in prayer, that this book will touch people's hearts, that it will reach them at even critical times of their life, maybe like I was at. Mm. And maybe, just maybe, first of all, enter into that relationship with Christ, but then be able to not only discover and grow in, but pursue and fulfill their God-given purpose for their life. The name of the book is When God Interrupts Your Plans with His Purpose. It's written by Dr. Sally Smale, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you pick up your reading material, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Sally, thank you again for stopping by the show and talking with me. I had a great time. Oh, I did too, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak my heart and hopefully bring glory to God. I'm sitting down right now with author Chris Riker here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. He's just released a new book. It's called Zebulon Angel and the Shadow Army. Chris, thanks for joining me here tonight. Thank you, Corey. Zebulon Angel and the Shadow Army sounds really exciting. Can you tell me what it's all about? Well, I chose a a title that's a little bit pulpy because the action is fun. Hmm. There's more to it than that, but maybe, you know, maybe I'm just being an author. But let me tell you a little bit about it. It is about a guy named Zebulon Angel. He is an Uber driver and would-be songwriter living in Atlanta, Georgia, where I live. His wife has been cooking up something interesting in the basement. Turns out to be a candy that promotes, well, sexual desire. Hmm. Gets hooked up with the whole marketing campaign. He becomes the head of marketing with no credentials whatsoever. (laughs) They then send him off to China where there's the secret ingredient for the candy. Things get worse and worse. He is an absolute screw-up, and it gets to be a hot mess that winds up in the tomb of China's first emperor, Qin Shi Huang. That is in Xi'an, where that is the home of the terracotta soldiers I have been to. Now, you can visit there. I have not been inside the tomb. Neither has anyone else for 2,000 years. But there are descriptions of what's going on in there. What I put in there also is a little visit from the emperor himself. Wow. You say this mixes sex, the supernatural, history, international intrigue, sharp wit, all into it. So what kinds of readers do you think would be real into this? I think these are going to be, this is going to be a book that people who like Neil Gaiman Mm. or Haruki Murakami or Anne Rice would find very enjoyable. So Chris, you got to tell me, how'd you get this idea? It was a a boil down. I'm in a writer's group and they were all doing genre stuff. I'm thinking, well, do I want to keep doing genre? I don't really know, but I'll give it a shot. (laughs) I started to write the story kind of straight, just following the main character. But because I was in this writer's group, it's like, well, why not throw in a ghost? (laughs) Come on, do it. I don't know. It is, yes, it's an odd mixture of things. But then again, haven't we all seen the few stories that exist? Haven't we seen them all a million times? Why not fold in a few other elements to make them new and fresh? I love it, Chris. You said this is full of fun action. And I can tell just by what you're saying, you have a lot of fun writing and exploring. And I think maybe some authors take this whole thing a little too seriously and might miss out on some of the fun and exploration and just abandon that you can have when you're writing. I think you need to balance it out. There are serious elements in the book. Zebulon Angel, as you'll see if you read it, 
is not a happy person. He's messed up, but he's living a life and he's going through these adventures. If I had simply told you why he's messed up, it would be a morose, boring read. So I can't do that. I had to have some fun. I have been to China with my beautiful wife several times, and I kept a journal. And as I'm going on, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, send him to China, send him to China. You have, <laughs> And I, I was delighted to remember all of the adventures we had had. Going to China, don't just go to the tourist places. Get off the beaten path mm. and have adventures. And fortunately, I had those written down. Some of them came basically whole cloth out of my journal into the book because this is now what's happening to this character. Mm. Take a train ride in China just once in your life and don't take the fast bullet trains. Take the old rumbling things, mm. have the colorful characters all over them. It's an adventure. And that's part of what I wanted to put in there is some of the real feel and texture of China. I love it. Chris, what's the chances of having a follow-up to this? Well, I think this one's self-contained, but themes and motifs, whatever. God, I'm sounding like an author. <laughs> Certain themes will repeat, and I'm, I'm working on my next books. I love what you said about being part of a writing group. I think that's really important, can be really helpful to authors. So what other advice would you have to authors who are just coming up now? Okay, can I give you the standard advice? <laughs> if you're a writer, you have to write. Mm. That's got to sound obvious, but everybody says, well, I've got this book in me. And it's like, <laughs> books don't belong in you. That sounds unhealthy. <laughs> you don't want a physical book in your body. Get it out. Put it on a screen. Put it on paper. Do whatever you have to do. Write it in blood. Whatever you have to do, put it down. Get it out of you. Readers looking for fun adventure are going to love this book. It's titled Zebulon Angel and the Shadow Army. It's written by Chris Riker, and it's published by Fulton Books. Of course, this can be found everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Thank you again, Chris, for stopping by the show. I had such a great time talking with you and learning about your whole writing philosophy. I hope we can do this again soon. Well, I, I hope so, too. And good luck to you and all of your other authors as well. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.